not worried about it. 212-209-2950. Or you can go online at WBAI.org and donate to the Tower Fund. Listening to WBAI in New York, the voice of truth since 1960. And you are tuned to listener sponsored radio, WBAI, 99.5 FM in New York and on the web at WBAI.org. I'm Mike Sargent, and in honor of famed Japanese composer, record producer, and actor, Ryuchi Sakamoto, who just passed on March 28th, 2023. I'm going to rebroadcast the tribute special that I did with him last week with Keith Brown because there were some technical issues and I'd, I'd like it to be broadcast in its original form. I've actually tweaked it a bit. So if you heard it last week, well, you probably enjoyed it, or I hope you enjoyed it, and maybe you don't mind hearing it again. And if you didn't get to hear it last week, here it is, the Night Shift Ryuchi Sakamoto Tribute Special.
played for Sunar uh, time by time, you know, several times in the past. Um, you know, I feel very connected to Sunar and Barcelona, the city of Barcelona, because the other reason is I composed the music for the Barcelona Olympics. I have been thinking about what music is for a long time, like a, maybe a half a century now. I'm still thinking and asking myself what the music is. <laughs> of course, you know, nobody has an answer, or maybe each one has its own answer right now. We have a, a new technology every day is coming out. Musicians or composers, they are very keen to new technology. Like, for instance, Beethoven. You know, we we consider Beethoven as a very classical, you know, dated musician or composer, but at that time of Beethoven, the pianoforte was a new technology, and he was so keen to it. And he wrote 32 sonatas for this new kind of instrument. You know, I believe if Beethoven would be alive now, he was he would be very keen to using new technology or internet or, or VR maybe. You know, can you imagine he would compose a big symphony with a VR? <laughs>
the beautiful music you're listening to in the background is from a composer named Ryuchi Sakamoto. Ryuchi Sakamoto is a composer who I've played many times here on Night Shift. He's a composer who I've been listening to most of my life. understand for me someone like Ryuji Sakamoto and that was let me just say from the score the Oscar winning score that he did to The Last Emperor now, he shared that credit with Kong Su and David Byrne but he just passed he was 71 and we'll get into what his passing was but we're going to talk about the life and both specifically celebrate the music of Ryuji Sakamoto it's not often that I will 
you know, cast aside what I'm doing just to give a tribute to someone. You know, I did that within the last year with Sidney Portier and, you know, there have definitely been people who over the years I've done tributes to when they passed, like Jerry Goldsmith, the film composer also, who is one of my favorites and who, you know, for me was a defining, his music was defining in the soundtrack of my life. But Ryuji Sakamoto is someone who, oh, the, when you hear that piece of music, the changes from sad to beautiful to lush to, uh, there's just so many changes and so much depth and it's so evocative. And that, in my opinion, is the best way to describe Ryuji Sakamoto. We're gonna talk about a man who, really knew no boundaries when it came to music. He worked with composers from probably every culture, every discipline. He has, you know, put his stamp and his style on everything. But I brought a fellow musicologist here with me, Mr. Keith Henry Brown, who himself is very connected to music as a, an award-winning designer of uh, Grammy winning albums and, and things like that. But you're, you're a big, big music person and you've been here on Night Shift many times. So Mr. Yes. Keith Brown, yes. many, Mr. Many, many, many times, many times. So, many times. um, <clears throat> yeah, Ryuji is everything. I mean, I, as a kid say these days, um, you know, I think actually, Mike, if I'm completely honest, which uh, I hate to admit is that you actually kind of introduced him to me, I think, because you're the soundtrack guy. We've known each other a lot of years and you only listen to soundtracks, even, you know, back in the day when you were like, still in your as far as I remember. And, um, you know, I started listening to soundtracks and I got interested in them because of you. And uh, the first one is the one you just mentioned that I heard his music, that I was aware it was his music. I may have heard it before. I didn't even know it was him because he's so influential. Uh, is uh, The Last Emperor, uh, along with uh, uh, David Byrne and Kong Su. But interesting thing about it was that I used to lean towards the tracks that were specifically credited to Ryuji as being the, the most beautiful and the most emotionally stirring ones. And I had no t idea at that time about his career before doing soundtracks. And I said, I don't know who this guy is, but he's doing something to me. He's stirring some emotions in me. And it's a good film, but it's 10 times better with his music. The music lends so much more, even to the magnificent visuals. The Bernardo Bertolucci film is really well produced. It's very well directed. It's very beautifully uh, shot. But uh, still, the music adds a whole nother layer that you don't see in the visuals. Well, I completely agree with everything you're saying. And, and just for, for the listeners who were just introducing to Ryushi Sakamoto or those who just know a little bit about his music, uh, I'm going to give you the entry point. You know, you know, there, you could do a cradle to grave of Ryuchi. We could literally, Ryuchi, I have everything he's done. Everything he's done. When I say his entire discography, it, it takes up gigabytes, but I, I'm that big a fan. And, you know, there are things that I have that, that I didn't even listen to or haven't listened to that much. And everything 
there's something there. There's something that draws you in. It was hard, actually, to put this show together because there's so much, so much. So I had to decide, okay, what am I going to focus on? So I'm going to give my personal, uh, uh, let's just say, introduction, what, what made me fall in love with Ryuchi Sakamoto. Like like you said, I was a soundtrack fan, and, and back then, you know, by the time he did... Uh, this movie, The Last Emperor, he had already done some other movies. He did Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, where he was actually acting in that film with David Bowie. And he's quite good as well. And he's quite good as well. Yes, he is. And he, you know, he was already doing, he had come from a group that I had known about called Yellow Magic Orchestra. Now, for those who don't know who Yellow Magic Orchestra was, like, this is, we're talking about the late 70s, early 80s. Yellow Magic Orchestra was a synth pop group. Uh, mm -hmm. and they started in 1978. They, but they got so popular and were so, let's just say, crossing boundaries that they were actually on Soul Train. Okay, in 1980. I don't know if you know this, Keith. So, uh, but uh, right around that same time, he started doing his own solo stuff. Uh, he started out with an album called The Thousand Knives of Ryuchi Sakamoto. And the reason I mentioned the title is that all of his titles, of all of his music, you know, I, 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 I believe that, you know, when you, when you, when you know or you experience an artist's art, you're, you're also experiencing some of them. You know what I mean? And I think Ryuchi and the titles of his work, because as we go through some of this, we'll talk about the titles, his phraseology, his musical phraseology, and the things that he will call his songs. After a while, you go, wow, that's totally Ryuchi. That's like what he would do. So I want to introduce you to him through his music, and he's got a vast library you to go into well, yeah well, one of the things about Ryuji, and we're going to get into it i think uh is that he was a person that he would do lots of different styles and lots of different kinds of music but then he would reinterpret ah and, and i'm going there i'm going and, there and put all I'm kinds of seven there. inches all kinds I'm of going there different I'm... versions and working with different artists yes and the music was so well written and so sturdy that it could handle almost any kind of it could go from you know, electronics to full orchestras to just piano solos, sometimes with the same basic composition. Oh. And that's what made him. He just had this way of being able to travel through any, as you said earlier, any genre. Well, what I love about what you just said is sort of like, that's like, that's the table of contents for the show, because that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to explore the electronic, the orchestral, and the revisitations, reinterpretations, reimaginings of his own work. He is just fantastic. But one of the best things about doing Night Shift for me is playing what I call damn good music. And I don't always identify what I'm playing. It's just, it's a vibe. It's part of what it is on the show. But I have often played Ryuchi Sakamoto. And I'm going to play stuff that I, I like that you admitted to the public that I introduced you to Ryuchi because I'm going to introduce you to new Ryuchi. That's actually old Ryuchi that I think you probably don't know. Well, we'll see, because um, 
I know some things. Mm. As as uh, Tyron uh, Lannister said on Game of Thrones, I drink and I know things. Um, but the other thing I want to say is that <laughs> I do think that a lot of stuff over the years, I have gone back. I've backed up and said, okay, I want to know more about this guy. So I knew about, you know, Merry Christmas to Lawrence. I knew about YMO. I became a fan of YMO, which is Young uh, Yellow Magic Orchestra. I understand how he's worked with other people. So I want to see you stump me.
Now, what's interesting to me about listening to a composition like that is you think about, now this is a guy, like I said, who's come from Yellow Magic Orchestra, which was like synth pop, but he's, he's kind of, he's kind of funky. You know, he's, he's got a little funk thing happening in there. You can hear it and not so much in this piece, but you can hear that sort of discordant chords, the numerical progressions. You know, he does a lot of things with patterns, atonal sounds and things, a lot of things that are traditional Japanese music and Japanese music influence you can hear in his music. You hear it a little bit there now. Keith Brown, had you heard this track before? I'm going to admit, I have heard that track. I'm not going to say say that for the rest of the night, but I will say yes. Well, I remember it's like some sort of a in-between sort of CD. I remember the cover had like a drawing of some muscular looking character on a on a table like a Frankenstein or something. Yes, it did. Look at you. You were into it. Well, this was 1994. This was an album called Sound Bites and spelled B-Y-T-E-S. Now, I'm going to play one more track from that album. This is a track. The first track we heard was called Adelic Penguins. This is a track called Replica. What's interesting about this to me when you listen to it, it it sounds kind of like a journey to me. It's like, okay, like where's this piece going, and and where are we going as as a listener? And I think one of the constants about Ryuichi Sakamoto is that he's taking you somewhere. He, well, that's he, why he's so great with the soundtracks. I he, think he's so. A storyteller. I agree. And I feel like, and then again, this song is called Replica. So what is this song about?
one of the reasons I wanted to play this and play stuff like this, and the, these are because I think these are interesting forays into electronic music and and what you can do and 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 soundscapes and things like that. And I think that that's another consistent thing about. Yeah. Ryuchi Sakamoto. He's always creating a soundscape, and a lot of times he actually will use sound bites and things, and and people saying things. And we'll get to some of that. But yeah, yeah. but you know, I was also thinking. For me, it really explains, like I said earlier, the, the storytelling aspect. Um, I see visuals in his music. I hear a story, and I can see why uh, whoever first gave him an opportunity to do a soundtrack, which I don't know, um, must have heard his stuff and said, this guy is already a storyteller in his music, and he would be perfect for film soundtracks. They didn't start off doing that. I mean, it's something that he fell into. He's done many, many um, soundtracks, and people would be shocked at how many he did, TV shows and movies. But, like, for example, I heard so, you, you said the, sh the title was Replica. I heard uh, a factory and something being built, maybe robots, maybe widgets, you know, and, and it's, it's slightly as each change happens in the music, you hear a different part of it being completed and that it's going to come to a fruition in the end. That's just the story he told and, and just sonically. There it is. Now you see, see, you're the perfect, you're the perfect co-host for this show, Keith. So yes, I, I agree because I, I feel his music completely does that. And what's, what's interesting is his, um, you know, he, he, he was a, he, he worked with people like DJ Spooky and, and specifically for me, David Sylvian, which we're, I'm going to play something of, uh, because David Sylvian was someone who, Interestingly enough, when he did A Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, which is what I'm going to play now in that, having somebody like David Bowie uh, potentially sing with Ryuchi Sakamoto, you go, hmm, what would that be like? And I would actually say that that, I would arguably say that that is David Sylvian. But I'm going to play to you now uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, which I think is also one of his most famous and most beautiful and was his first, uh, you know, that was really kind of what put him on the map in terms of uh, movie soundtracks because prior to that, he had done a few uh, smaller things, let's just say. But Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, I think, is really the piece. But uh, you are tuned to listener-sponsored radio, WBAI 99.5 FM in New York. This is Night Shift. I'm Mike Sargent, and we are having a Ryuchi Sakamoto listening party because he has just passed at 71, and we're celebrating his music.
You know, I just want to say, I just have to correct myself here, though. First of all, this was his actually his first score, which is kind of amazing in itself. It's his first score, first film score. He stars in the film. It's his first score. And four years later, he wins an Oscar for the score for The Last Emperor, along with, with Kong Su and David Byrne. And he was the first Japanese musician ever to win an Oscar. That's amazing. And first of all, you are com like eating and typing. I can hear all of it. Just so you know, I hear all of it. It's like, my God. All right. Anyway, so yes, it is amazing. And what's interesting also, I think, about Ryuchi Sakamoto is that he has, he's never stopped. Uh, you know, there are definitely artists like Peter Gabriel who've gone back and revisited their work and done orchestral versions of their work and things like that. But what I love about Ryuchi is he just, he was like nonstop creating. And when you hear a piece like Merry Christmas, Sister Lawrence, I'm just thinking like, wow, you know, this is your first film score. You're in it. And, and it's so emotional. There's so much emotion to his music. And, and what was the, the, the phrase you, you use? What was it? How, how would you describe his music, Keith? I, I think I just said versatile and, and, uh, it's, it's just music that can be used in so many different you know, settings. You can do it as a synthesizer score. You can do it as an orchestrated score. You can do it as a soul piano. And it still holds up because the basis of the compositions are so strong. I, I was just um, looking through while you were playing the music, some of his other things. And the other thing that's really interesting that we haven't got into yet, and I know you will, is that the, the, the themes of the films he does are not similar he's doing all kinds of films. So it's not like he's just doing films about, you know, the Japanese or the Asian experience. He's doing The Sheltering Sky. He's doing High Heels for Pedro Almodovar. He's doing um, Little Buddha. He's doing Snake Eyes for uh, Brian De Palma. He's doing, you know, he's Revenant. You know, it's like he's all he, over the place with the he, types of he's, subjects. He scored over 30 films and, and, and that in itself and, and including the revenant. Okay. Let's, let us not forget, which was not that long ago. Uh, you know, I, I will play a little, uh, towards the end of the show of his last score, which was for a film called The Staggering Girl. But you're right. You're right. He, he did do all kinds of films. You know, he started the Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence and, and, Everything you could think of in between with all kinds of filmmakers, uh, including, yes, Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage, directed by Brian De Palma. You know, you're, he would also you're do okay. traditional stuff too. Like he would do, uh, you know, uh, film, you know, a lot of his own music on his own albums, he would do traditional Japanese music. You know, and, you know, he would, like the album Beauty, yes, he did. Of cuts like that. So it wasn't like he was saying, you know, I, I just want to do, you know, International. I want to do Western music. I mean, he was doing everything. He was also just doing straight up pop. If the world was slightly different, you know. Um, but I just I find that fascinating that he. It, but then he would do like solo piano live performances of him playing his own compositions, with like really minimalist stylings, like no flourishes, just like just bear down to the melodies. And you realize I, well. how much he focused on. The melodies, melody, I think, if, is there any one thing I think that is consistent throughout his stuff is that melody and, is, is, and rhythm is all. It's like 
It had to be solid. And that's why it could carry over to all of the different genres. Because, you know, he didn't just, I don't know, play a drum machine and just play noises and say, oh, well, that sounds good. And, you know, let's go with that. And, no, everything had a solid written element to it. So it could be played in any instrument, in any kind of setting. You could do a concert, a, a classical concert of uh, Ryochi's music easily. And it would sound just like, you know, like going to hear Mahler or someone because, and if it's orchestrated properly, it could, it could sound incredibly full or it could sound incredibly spare. Which is, which is a lot like jazz in a lot of ways. Like you could, you could score, uh, Thelonious Monk's music to make it seem like there's more themes and elements and underlying currents going to it, but you can also play it with one piano. And that's why I put him on the same level as somebody like that. Uh, I, absolutely. Well, I, I do want to, I want to dip into his soundtrack work before I get to the stuff that I love most. And, and I love his soundtrack work, but it's the solo stuff that really, and everything you've been talking about, but I can't not play a couple of very specific soundtracks. One of them being, uh, the sheltering sky.
first of all, I think that that's an enormously beautiful piece of music. Uh, and he wrote that for that movie, for that's the Sheltering Sky theme. But what he did with it after that, I'm not sure if you quite realize, Keith, but any thoughts on this uh, this theme? Well, the theme is like super familiar to me because I remember I heard it first, to be completely honest with you, uh, as a piano solo piece. Um, because he has a couple of records where he's, uh, you know, recorded himself just playing it a, a solo uh, by himself with no orchestra or, or any accompaniment. And when I hear it now, I realize where it first came from. So as, as unlike you, because I think you, you were hip to him early on, I didn't really get hip to him until... You know, after I had heard a couple of scores and then I went backwards. So I didn't know about Sheltering Sky at the time that I first heard this, but because he is so prolific in releasing music, um, not just, you know, the, the official scores of his, of his movies, but also the pop, uh, things that he does and his personal music, but then also different interpretations of his own songs that he just enjoyed saying, like, you know, like this is a different way of hearing the same music. And quite frankly, it's almost like a different music, except for that I do recognize the composition itself. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, here we go. Now, here's what he did, in my opinion, because he doesn't quite do completely the Sheltering Sky theme, but he takes themes from the Sheltering Sky, some, some ideas from the Sheltering Sky. And he, he created a song, a great song called Undercooled. Are you familiar with the song? I am not. I think you're stumping me now. All right. Undercooled is one of my favorites. And, and it's such a great song. It is the perfect example of what you're talking about. I'm going to back into it and I'm going to play the piano solo version of Undercooled. Uh, and then I'll let you start hearing some remixes, some reinterpretations, and just let you see exactly how Ryuchi Sakamoto does what he does now. This is... Uh, Undercooled, not the sheltering sky thing, but undercooled is what he called this, okay?
Keith Brown. So what did you think? Yeah, gorgeous. And yeah, okay. kind of reconfigured it. Um, I'd say you're familiar with the you're you're familiar with the original, right? Right, right. He he kind of reconfigured it, made it into something new, but you know the basic bones of the original song are there. You know, this, right. is, this is a real artist. I mean, I think I, one of the reasons why I connect to uh, Ryuchi is because I'm a jazz person, and a lot of what he does is like standard in the jazz world. You know, where you mm-hmm. take a standard and you change notes and you change you know uh, inflections and you change. Uh, you know, different elements, and then you create, you turn it inside out. There's a really famous song uh, by Bird, for example, called Ornithology, which is really based on I've Got Rhythm by Gershwin. You know, it, it's it's a thing that's done. I mean, you may even, may even change the title because you change it so significantly, but the bones of the song is there. And, and you know, what's interesting about him is that, you know, he wasn't known for covering other people's songs. So he's working from this massive you know, uh, amount of music that he himself composed, and he just can just endlessly keep finding new ways to, to play the same thing. And working with other artists. So I'm going to play you another mm-hmm. version of Undercooled. And this is uh, what what's called, this is, this is, that was just Undercooled. That's just solo piano of Undercooled. Now that is a stripped down. That was, that's, for me, that's mind blowing because I don't know Undercooled that way. You know, hearing that the first time I heard that, uh, I know Undercooled, not quite this. This is kind of a remix, okay? Um, but this is closer to what Undercooled was like. See if you can hear. And do you, do you also see how you can hear some of the ideas from Sheltering Sky in it now? As, as an artist myself, I really get the impulse to use things that you've done that you feel work and are strong. And, right, 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 to, right. And bring them into something new. You right. You have to. I mean, listen, you and I know for darn well that guys like Jerry Goldsmith and uh, John Williams and people like that often borrowed either from themselves or other musicians. You, you could hear whole sections of scores from a lot of uh, sound uh, track composers, film uh, writers, and also classical and opera writers using whole passages over again because it worked and it's working in this thing and it's working in one scene or one section. Why write something new when something works just as well? And who's going to notice or care? You know, it's not even about whether anyone notices or care. It's about what works. And I think that he, I would not go so far as to say he repeated himself because I think he was, he had an endless supply of new ideas. But I think that if you know something is is just exactly what you like and what it works, you just reconfigure it and rejigger it, you know, and make it work for another thing. It's like taking a, I don't know, a carburetor out of a Mustang from 1969 and putting it into a, a you know, another make of a car just because it, it, it'll do well in a new car and make it run. You know, you just keep using the tools that you have and making them work. Having said that, everything he does still sounds incredibly fresh. It doesn't seem redone at all, but yeah, he, he borrows from himself. And if you can name me one artist who doesn't, then you know an artist I don't ever heard of. All right. Well, you went down a whole path of everything. I just was going to say that I felt that one piece inspired <laughs> the other. Uh, but yeah. Okay. All that. But now what's interesting to me is that was like, as you said, the bare bones of Undercooled. This is a, a, a remix of Undercooled, but this is just for those who don't know the song. You just heard that piano piece. This is what that was an interpretation of.
그들을 향해 겨루는 총에 전구가 평화의 최선 책일까 정의를 앞세운 정치적 야망에 전쟁의 힘터만 기뻐가 누구도 기억하지 못해 질없는 인간의 노력이 만든 진앙과의 실수를 테러 세력의 척결이라는 명분을 내세운 수하들 비더먹을 당한 붕괴의 목숨을 요구한 전투를 동력 점령 완수를 돕는 무조건적인 파병을 하나더 억압 전당화 될수 없는 지금의 살생을 가슴으로 good okay that was what is called the no mac edit and o m a k now i'm going to play you the schooly zverison remix are you ready i'm ready
the second version the best if i'm going to be totally honest okay uh because i just like the rawness of the rap um it's mm-hmm. almost like you know old school hip-hop but by the way i think it also just is a test uh, testifies to uh sakamoto's uh incredible like versatility and his openness and his big ears you know because he's like 
you know, you would think a guy like him, would he want to have somebody rapping on top of one of his beautiful, uh, meticulously well, orchestrated scores? Yeah, well, you he know, would, because well, he would hear something uh, this, else and it excites him. Well, this is actually, this was a piece that he did with uh, uh, MC Sniper, and he did this actually in 2004. You know, this is like 20 years after uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. This is him working with this album. This is from an album he did called Chasm, uh, and it has a, a title track called NGO that was backed by NGO at the time. And so it's a really... Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting, as you said, it's an interesting experience for him to work with this rapper in another language that's not na his native language. And uh, I'm going to play you just two more versions of it. But it, like you, everything you said, I agree with. And, and that's part of why I... I love his work. So this is now, I, I'm, before I go, he, he goes, we backed into it with a piano version and then, uh, a couple remixes. And now this is sort of going in a slightly different direction with it. And you tell me what you think of this one. Again, she needs to be a 
I mean, if, if you go back and you listen to these three uh, versions, they're almost like three different songs. Uh, they are, and 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 but they're but they have the same bones. They have the same basic idea, and you know it just goes to show uh, Sakamoto's adventurousness in everything he did. I mean, if you turn around and you play the Revenant score, or you play the the score he did for an episode of um, Black Mirror. You know, it's like this guy is so adventurous and so open to any kind of, um, but didn't still sound very much like himself. Well, yes. And uh, what I love is his take and his stamp on things. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to do two more things here. Uh, I'm going to play a, a, a another, somebody else interpreting. Undercooled. There's, there's a band called the Tom Kessler Trio. I'm going to play a little of that. And then we're going to go to a track he wrote called Lulu. Are you familiar with Lulu? I don't think I am. Ah, yes. All right. So this is <laughs> yes. the, to- yes. Uh, <laughs> this is the Tom Kessler Trio doing Undercooled.
interesting, no? That they can yes, take it there? Yes, and they sound like a kind of a more traditional jazz trio. And they're like improvising on it. And, you know, it's it's just a great tune. And, you know, this is, you know, I don't, also I don't want, you know, listeners to think, you know, this is, you know, his whole output. But, you know, just think about how all these different things came out of one basic piece of music. And, and and there's many more that we haven't even done on this. Well, that yeah, on the yeah. from the sheltering sky. So it's it's kind of incredible that you can keep configured. It's not because he's lazy. It's not because he doesn't want to write anything new. It's because the thing. It's the opposite. He's done so much that <laughs> yeah, I think he I think he constantly. My my theory is he constantly re-inspires himself because I have live versions. I have live versions of all of these these tunes that that are that'll that'll blow your mind. So yeah, I'm with you, Keith. I, I don't know if I was interrupting you there. What were you going to no, say? You, no, no, I was just saying that you you well, you said that he's doing it like as if he's in the present day. Unfortunately, the reason we're doing this is because yes, it's, it's, he's passed. Uh, the master yes. has passed, and I, I want to tell you a, a quick story. Uh, I read about it years ago, and I kind of re looked it up recently. Um, that I really love. Um, it was an article uh, some years ago in the New York Times. Uh, you probably have seen it in 2018, actually, written by Ben Rat- Rat- Ratliff, who's the jazz, uh, the former jazz critic of the New York Times, called Annoyed by Restaurant Playlist, A Master Musician Made His Own. Subtitle, How Ryochi Sakamoto Assembled the Soundtrack for Katsuchu, Kajisu in Murray Hill, which is in Manhattan, and what it says about the sounds we hear or should while we eat. So the story basically is this. He loves this uh, uh, Japanese restaurant. He used to go there almost every day. I mean, he went there like three or four times a week. He loved the food. He thought it was perfect. The only problem he had with it was that he hated the music. So one time he went to the manager who he had become friends with over the years and said, I would like to program the music in this restaurant and also put my own music and write original music. So this restaurant, if you were to go to Kajitsu in Murray Hill, you would hear music hand chosen by him and also composed by him. As a matter of fact, it was so successful that restaurants all over Manhattan started asking him to do the same, which of course he couldn't because he's a very busy man and, you know, is, you know, he does a lot of things. He can't do it for everyone. But I love that story because his, because his taste, his taste is so impeccable. Now, I remember that story. I covered it on Night Shift. Listen, of course, I remember that story. I remember it very well because I, I guess felt you did. Because Ryuchi Sakamoto was playing Ryuchi DGM. It's like <laughs> Ryuchi approved DGM. There it is. <laughs> Damn good music for exactly. Ryuchi Sakamoto. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I have to say he was a genius. I, I, I'm only I've been playing a lot of this one song, but but the thing is his album his album his his library is so vast uh, that you know I had to decide what would be my focus to to, to talk about. I in terms of his career. So I I, I do want to play a few things. I'm going to definitely play some of the the collaborations he did because he did so many. This is the Mike, the Mike Sergeant journey. So, uh, so many, he did so many collaborations with so many different people. But what I also want to show is just how, 
you know, we just showed some of his explorations into to hip hop uh, and 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 rap and working with MC Sniper. And you know, that's not the only. Uh, th- there's another track I'm going to play. He he worked with a, a French. Uh, uh, hip hop artist, rapper, uh, and I'll play that to you in a minute, but I'm going to play you a track called Lulu. And what I love about Lulu is now that you've heard Ryuichi Sakamoto, or you've heard that side of him, you've heard some of the beautiful lush scores, uh, and you've heard him, you know, incorporating all these Japanese elements into hip hop and having, you know, this rapper rap over it. Take a listen to Lulu.
This is Ryuchi Sakamoto in 1992 on an album called Heartbeat. And that's a track called Lulu. And I'm going to play another track from that album. But Keith, tell me, like, this is a whole other vibe of Sakamoto. What, what, what do you think very, of that track? Very much. I mean, I haven't heard that track. I didn't know he played music quite like that. Um, it doesn't shock me that it's, you know, not in his, you know, abilities to do something like that. I mean, he's a master musician. I mean, he could play anything. Um, do you know if he ever did a, a, a opera by any chance? Seems like that would be something. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Not only did he do opera, but he did, uh, he took classical music and did, uh, uh, Com, com, he did complete him playing the piano versions of them. I mean, the man has done so much. But I'm going to play something from that same album. This is okay. 1992. It's a it's a track called Triste. It, it, this track was described uh, at the time as as being a a lazy afternoon stroll in. Paris jazz. Okay. This is 1992. So this is clearly, you know, Ryuchi clearly traveled the world, in my opinion, and absorbed music from different cultures and work with different musicians from different, uh, places. And, and his journey is, is our, uh, you know, our gift, mm -hmm. like all this music he wrote. So take a listen to this. <laughs> Sans jamais trouver l'enfant que le ciel lui avait pour 
j'en garde des Et qu'un patriote un peu trop musclé Lui a emporté Tous les siens Tous les siens Tous les siens sheltering sky working with a french rapper doing what i could easily call acid jazz what what, what did you think of this track keith i don't know if i would call that acid jazz i know but it's almost i know but what would you call it what would you call it it's called down tempo is that's what it's classified as that that album heartbeat is classified as down tempo are you familiar with the song he did with david sylvian singing called world citizen yes i am very familiar with that i would i would consider that if you were doing a a, you know sakamoto essentials list out of 10 tunes that would be on it all right well then i'm going to play that i'm going to play a version of that for you right now what happened here The butterfly has lost its wings The air's too thick to breathe And there's something in the drinking water The sun comes up The sun comes up and you're alone Your sense of purpose come undone The traffic tails back to the maze on 101 And the news from the sky Is looking better for today In every single way But not for you World citizen Citizen. And 
kids not say All the yellow birds are sleeping Cause the air's not fit for breathing It's not safe Why can't we be Without beginning, without end Why can't we be She walks upon a 
first hear that song and that's the original version of the song with david sylvian singing i i I, you know it's crazy i may have heard at your house or something i don't know um or or maybe coming on the show maybe coming on yeah maybe but i I do remember owning it as well i I definitely Mm -hmm. had it in in a compilation because it's in a lot of compilations uh if if you just even have a passing um, interested in his music in the past, most likely that would be on there um, in that particular version, which because it's probably the definitive version. Um, uh, would you do? You, do you have a favorite song? By the way, I mean I know you're building up to something, but do you have a favorite? Well, this is this is definitely one of my favorites. World Citizen is one of my favorites, and I and I do I do I'm going to play my absolute favorite. Yes, uh, it's called Dibaram, the one he did with Yusu Endor. Jabaram, 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 jabaram Nena dukopayi Tarunayi Tarunayi Mamle binu Nena dukopayi Mamle kango Banena dukopayi Jabaram, 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 jabaram. Nena dukopayi, tarunai, tarunai. Mamle mino, nena dukopayi. Ah, 
yabaram 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 nena duko bayi Sponsored radio WBAI 99.5 FM in New York and on the web at WBAI.org. And we've been playing some of the music of Ryuchi Sakamoto, who just passed. He was 71. He is a pioneering, award winning composer traversed many, many, many different forms of music. And we definitely mourn his passing here on Night Shift. Mr. Keith Brown. Keith, where can people follow you if they care? They probably don't, but should you care because you're a weirdo? Um, my Instagram is I am the leopard. That's it. Yes, I am the stalker. I mean, the leopard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, right. go out yes. and buy some Ryuchi Sakamoto music because. Ryuchi Sakamoto, yes. Hopefully, we've opened your mind a little yes. bit here. And、um, by the way, we haven't even scratched the scratch. The scratch. It's just all we did is we, all, we did we scratched the surface. That's all we did is we scratched the surface. We scratched it.、Yeah. Here on night shift, and if he blew some breath on the glass, from the glass, <laughs> and I, I will say that、uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please,、uh, we of course need you to make a pledge and become a WBI buddy in the name of night shift. If you've enjoyed this introduction to、uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto and a bunch of the music that we've been playing, please, right now. 
pick up the phone, 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. Say, oh my God, I really enjoyed this and I have to become a WBI buddy and I'm going to pledge $30 a month just to be uh, a supporter of Night Shift because Night Shift needs to raise 10 pledges. There you go. That's right. Listen, there's no shows like this anywhere else. This is the only place. So if you want to hear stuff like this, if you want to hear a heartfelt tribute by two guys who actually love the music and understand it and appreciate it. Well, I don't know about understand it, but appreciate it. You can't find this anywhere. WBAI is the place to go for content. Exactly. WBAI's local station board, the Pacifica Foundation Board, responsible for local management and operations, is holding its next regular meeting on Wednesday, April 12th at 7 p.m. As events unfold with the Pacifica Network and multiple stations coping with financial weakness, it's important for the LSB to identify and keep up with what local priorities should be. It's essential that the Pacifica Network stations, WBAI included, immediately improve their financial situation and prospects. If we at WBAI fail to distinguish ourselves, increase our donating listener audience, our already shoestring budget and overstretched staff will likely be cut. Vitally important assets may get sold. We are working to ensure that a robust WBAI 99.5 FM remains where the 99.5% can find it on the dial. Again, the LSB meeting is Wednesday, April 12th at 7 p.m. The meeting will be held through the Zoom remote meeting service. The meeting is accessible to the public, and it includes an opportunity for public comment. The fastest and easiest way to join the meeting is by using the link on the Pacifica calendar at kpftx.org and on the WBAI website. You can also access the meeting by calling 929-205-6099. Again, the number 929-205-6099. And enter this meeting ID, 922-457-2995. Again, meeting ID, 929-205-6099. 